If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Life. Myself, Dr. Drew. And Bob Forrest right here. And uh, just a second, we were welcoming our guest, Duncan Trussell, in here. But uh, I want to remind people that today's episode is courtesy of Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. And uh, you haven't been out there yet. I'm going to go out there. Okay. And uh, so he will re- be reporting in detail. He's going to go in there with a with a microscope. Well, that's what we want to do, right? We want to be consultants and go out and help rehabs become well, more sure. standardized. Sure. Sh- sh- well, here. So I've been talking to these folks, and the reason we accepted them as a as a sponsor is they are old school recovery. I mean, everybody there. It was it was like literally like I felt like I'd been lost in the woods, and I came out, and everyone spoke my language. Yeah, yeah. They understood what I was talking about, so it, it was kind of. I was pretty psyched to find that. So, and there there's out, little hamlets of that here in L.A. too, Drew. Uh, there I, really I understand, is, but I don't get to talk to them very often. So when I talk to somebody that says they're always sexters, come talk to you. No, literally, when I went, uh, would you guys give me replacement therapy? And they're like. <laughs> Why would we do that? We, we, we talk about recovery. We do CBT. We do DBT. We give psychotherapy. We have groups. We we help people heal. We're not worrying about yeah. replacement therapies. So it's good. It's a good place. So and they they you know the main criticism I have of the recovery industry is they lead with the food and the nah, accommodations. No, no, no. I, I didn't even that. hear about that. I have no yeah. idea. I just know it's Montana. That's, that's not so bad. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I love Montana. Well, you'll tell me. You'll find yeah, it. You'll go, go. Just get deeply. I'm looking forward to it. So actually. let me introduce our guest. Our guest is Duncan Trussell. Duncan is a good friend. Uh, he's a super interesting guy that I was dying to have you meet Bob. Because yep. I just think it'd be an interesting conversation between you two. <coughs> and as usual, I'm sure there'll be more common than not, in, in common than, than uh, Discord. Ram Das. I know Ram Das. Well, let's start oh, there. Yeah? Oh, let's yeah. Let's start yeah, there. Yeah. Well, Start with that. Great. So wait, let's you got your podcast. Yes. Let's go ahead and pitch that. Uh, it's the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, and uh, it's on iTunes. I've been on a couple of those. It's yes, fun you as have. hell. And, uh, You're a great guest. Fred Stoller's done it with yes, us. Yes, that Fred, was a blast. Fred was funny. He wants to do another. Poor Fred's got an infection in his leg right now. Oh, no. Been, uh, getting him through that all weekend. But he's going to be fine. Hey, I should have talked to him today. Talk yeah. To him. Uh, you talked to him? No. Uh, I've talked to my wife. So, uh, Duncan Ramdas, let's start with that. Ramdas, I I've gone to a couple of things that he's done at the Self Realization Fellowship in Malibu. Oh, cool! You know, whatever it is on Pacific Palisades. Yeah. You notice that one of, one of the things I, I'm always I'm very antisocial is what Dr. Drew calls me. That's a technical term. <laughs> I'm just a very questioning kind of cautious don't, guy. Don't ask him to do something <laughs> or follow a rule. Oh, good. It won't happen. So, yeah, that's smart. So I was going to self-realization. <laughs> uh, I was a member of Self-Realization yes. Fellowship about 10 years ago. Very, very much thought, oh, my gosh, this is the way at least some religion should be. Sure. Till I was walking out one Sunday and I looked at the parking lot 
And it was all Porsches and Range Rovers. And I thought, you know what? If this is the word of God, if this is how to live, why isn't there one in South South Central? Why isn't there one in Texas? Why isn't there one? Why are all the self-help movements in Malibu and Santa Monica and catering to a narcissistic culture that Mm. wants to hear they're really good for recycling their trash and and giving $20 to poor people? Sure. You know, and I I left the church immediately. (laughs) Have you ever? That's hilarious. That's it. Have you ever read uh, the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's fantastic. It's and, been uh, going on for a hundred years. Yeah. Is really, what you're saying? Well, well, no. It's the, the Screw Tape Letters. You know the Screw Tape no, Letters. No, so tell me. It's letters from like a, an elderly demon to an up and coming demon about how to tempt human yeah, beings. Yeah. How to get it going on? And C.S. Lewis was was, was, <laughs> yeah. was Christian. Yeah. So Fam- it's like, famous Christian author. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, but not, this not is not how a, to get how to appeal to people's greed and right. How do you get them? How how do you, how do you get, him? get him? So you, this uh, this young demon, I guess you never really you don't see the writing from the young demon. It's always as though the older demon is responding to this younger demon, and so the younger demon is freaking out because his the the human he's been assigned to has started going to church, <laughs> and so the the older demon is saying to him, "This is a fantastic thing." <laughs> <laughs> This is what they get really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and now the, we got them. Yeah. And the older demon is saying, you know, uh, well, all you have to do is turn his mind towards the flaws and the people in the congregation. Turn mm-hmm. his mind to what's wrong with him and use that to uh, help destroy or erode whatever the the, the church itself. So the, uh, this thing that your, your mind is doing there, and it's a, a completely reasonable thing to think, uh, is... You're 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 getting caught up in judgment because you're you're mm-hmm. now what you're doing. Well, all life is judgment, right? And in, but in this particular case, it's like going to a hospital and looking around and thinking, "Look at all these sick motherfuckers. Why do they come here? This hospital must not work." And I think that a lot of people, you know, on on all levels of the spectrum of wealth, well, religion, religion, and spirituality is separate from other things. That are practical, like getting going to a if, hospital. If I could just do a side there for right. a second, do you There's understand? There's a di- big difference between Hold a on. hospital no, no, and no. a church. I disagree. I think Duncan's analogy is exactly right, and I think if you weren't so antisocial, you would have looked around <laughs> that parking lot and went, "Oh my God, this church is really working. Everybody succeeds and thrives. <laughs> All they have to do is come to this church." That's a positive way to look at it too. <laughs> As opposed to it's your bullshit way of looking at it. Your bullshit. Yeah. Is why the rich people do it here? Why? No, we... no, no. That they would. They, they I cater. To a very elite crowd, I, so they get donations, so they yes. can have their things, yeah. and yes. wear their expensive gowns, sure. and have their five hundred dollar pillows that yep. they sit on. Yeah, you're, you're not right? wrong. Well, you're, no, you're definitely you're just antisocial. You're, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but I think that it, I think that with with all religion, no matter what it is, I, it, just so you know, I think it should all be outlawed. All religion. All religion, <laughs> yeah, all religion should I'm be outlawed. <laughs> yeah. I'm an old commie from way back. <laughs> Fucking, you're a Stalinist. <laughs> Even Lennon thought there no, was when, some room when, for when it. When Trump is all on the Muslims, I'm like, good, let's get rid of them. that Muslim religion and the Christian religion and Judaism. Even Send your like letters Judaism where, Bob? What's your all? What? So you are an, you you do you you hate all I think, religion? I think religion is. Not necessary. How do you and deal with it? We're told that it's not necessary. But you, you have a God that, concept. That it is though. necessary. Yes, you have a. You're, huh? you're agnostic. Very more much than, community, yeah. people, children. We need to care about children. Religion doesn't care about children at all. Wow. It cares about money. Oh my God, that is such a sweeping, incredibly sweeping generalization. I'm not a religious person. I I haven't gone to church in ages. Yeah. And uh, but I I, I can't imagine That's why you got creating such. <laughs> 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 I can't imagine. 
somehow pigeonholing. No, you got to say statements. I, they're, they're, uh, they're making dramatic statements because I don't see that our society is getting better from all this religion. America is the most religious society in the world. Mm. We have all kinds of uh, respect for religion. Well, but, Yet our but, children can't read. They murder each other. And you're blaming if, that on religion? If that's the moral compass that's directing this country's uh, moral uh, kind of direction, the churches are failing the people. I don't see religion. I would say the trouble's coming So blame more. technology. I'd blame Justin Bieber before I blame <laughs> religion. <laughs> now you're getting my kind of talking. I could blame... Justin's got a little, a little part of this. No, I, w- I would blame... No, hip-hop, rap, music. Disney. I mean, why not start with Disney? If you really want to look at what the, the needle that's going into the zeitgeist or what's filling up the paradigm with the symbols, I'd say that you're looking more at Mickey Mouse and uh, well, or, or sort of like look at Frozen, for example. I, you know, I, um, I, my nephew just came to visit. It's amazing to have a nephew and to be an uncle. And you'd start, you know, wigging out. <clears throat> How old is he? Two. Oh. Terrible twos. Yeah. So he'd start like, you know, whatever, something would, would like upset him. We'd be at a restaurant and worst case scenario, the uh, safety parachute is my brother would show him Frozen <laughs> on his phone. Yeah. And to watch the tranquilizing yeah. effect of Frozen is incredible. Yeah. But if you look at Frozen, I just finally watched it on an airplane. And you look at, like, what is Frozen about? You know, have you seen Frozen Yeah, yet? I've seen it several times. <laughs> I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> okay, there you go. So it's like... <laughs> Probably a hundred times. <laughs> it's, it's an innocuous thing if it's on the surface. But then when you really look at, like, what you have there, and this should appeal to the communist side of you... You have a very wealthy family. It's accepted that they're a super wealthy family. It's accepted. And it's okay. And it's it reinforces okay. that. Right. It have and have not. That, yeah. So, so that, to me, is far more nefarious than uh, religion, which is such a broad term anyway, because there's so many different sects and denominations and asp- and, and, and you've got the, what is it, univer- what's it called, the universal church, what's that, yeah. the uni- Unitarian, Unitarian Universalists who sort of have this broad spectrum of POVs. You've got Catholicism, you've got the, what's it, the Phelps family, the God hates, oh, is that what they are, the God hates fags yeah, family? Yeah, I don't remember their name. But you yeah. Know, yeah. So you, so yeah. You, and you, military you, people. You get this entire that. spectrum. Yeah, and, and, and all of it seems pretty worthless. I don't think it's, it's, it's worthless because... What it's if to- you told people you don't need that to be a good person, you don't need you can help your community. You yeah, but can you're looking only strictly from the perspective of it creating a moral compass. Moral and I think motivation. many religions do say that they do say this is not there, there's nothing essential in this. It's just something that is allowing you to be around a community of people who generally have something in common. Who generally it is to divide and identify people who don't Most agree churches with you. I've been to, it seems like what people have in common is they're trying to find out ways to explore themselves uh, spiritually with a group of people who are wanting to improve themselves. I, I have been, I guess when I was younger, much, much younger, I have been in like a, a typical you know, hardcore religious environment where it does seem to be a lot of judgment and uh, darkness there. But usually when you, you get around, depending on the church, like that's the, people you're talking about. But, now but, you're talking about no, language. But, but, you're talking about people are, are see religion assumes that people are not, are inherently evil. Certain religions. Oh no, I don't, not, that's not true. That's oh, certain, yes. you, oh, all Judeo-Christian religions. Certainly that not. Man not, is evil. Not Buddhism. But he's, no, he's not sort of, but he comes from sort of Eastern perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, his, no, but you know, no, you're no. just saying religion. But life. Well, Buddhism is life is suffering. 
You, you mean, very similar but, in But negative. that's not saying all people are evil. Life is beautiful and exciting, too. Well, but, Buddhism but starts with life is suffering, but then it says the cause of suffering is, is attachment. Wanting. Is attachment. Yeah. So, yeah, I, Do you it, know who Shenzhen Young is? No, I don't. Okay, so he's the one I, I was a Buddhist for years, and I studied, and I, I meditated, and sure. I went to retreats, and I did all that kind of stuff. And they, it's, it's illogical or unreasonable, me born a Western mind, to think that I could, I even want non-attachment. Right. I don't. We are in, a, like you said, Disney taught me before I even had consciousness to have attachment. So I'm setting myself up for either diluting myself that I'm, I really don't want attachment uh-huh. to my children, to my community, to. Oh, to I see me. what you're saying. So if I, why am I doing something that the ultimate goal of it is to have something I don't want? Well, the, the term, so the word, it's so it's very, it's so easy in semantics of these things. So attachment, <clears throat> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So people hear non-attachment and they think that that some people see it, and I'm not saying you do, but some people see it as a kind of Vulcanesque approach to the world where you're detached and therefore there's this kind of passionless emptiness this all-pervading nothingness where you aren't falling in love you're not experiencing I found it very competitive buddhism. what's that I, th- I found buddhism very competitive well that's well and again again this is it, it's what kind of buddhism then i ended zen, up with oh, zen, yeah, sure zen but, can be very but it's austere a matter of 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 how long you can meditate for at a certain point i was meditating oh, five hours a day hilarious. five hours a day <laughs> he's competing for yeah, a better yeah. zen and that and that no this is before that but that becomes very much and i'm specifically talking about los angeles because this is where we live this yes. is madness this town yes this is madness yes to try to talk about buddhism and god and well listen to duncan's stuff duncan's got thing. some really interesting points yeah. to you though so go, go ahead what's your sort of take on all this well i mean because i i can remember uh in college we were studying the bhagavad gita and a lot of stuff about not being attached um yeah. I think the, the verse in particular that really upset some people in the class was, um, and I'm going to butcher it because I don't have the thing memorized, but uh, something like a wise man is not disturbed by the appearance of happiness or distress because these things come and go like the seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to get caught up in any given moment uh, is is a foolish thing because if you fi- if you do that, then you are going to be caught like a kite in the wind and snapshot life is yeah. another way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's a great way to put it. So de- that's a great way to put it. So detachment isn't a thing that is supposed to keep you from loving your family. And my brother, you know, came to visit me and he's getting into mindfulness. He was just asking me about this saying, you know, this oneness, this emptiness that they talk about, this non-self, how do I have that and at the same time love my child? That's what I'm talking right. about. Right. That's the question. That's and so, a big question. That's a great question, too. It's a really great question. Is that what I'm trying to achieve is what I my journey was? Well, is, I, that, is that ultimately what I'm trying to achieve to, to have non-attachment, to have no attachment? Well, we want – that. I, th- I would think, to me, the core, most fundamental and essential aspect to a happy life – is love. We need love. Love is the best thing. Attachment is a piece of love. Attachment is in, in love. Well, that's, I think that is where I would probably, if you guys think that, I, I used to think that I would disagree with that. Okay. I would say that attachment is a thing that keeps you from fully experiencing love because it, it, my experience has been quite often that if I'm feeling love, there's a generally a, a, a kind of 
fear that it's going to go away. Yes, yeah. exactly, man. And it's the same feeling you get when you if, if you're on a, a wonderful drug, which you have experience with. Yeah. It's that bummer feeling when you're coming off of... Off. Yeah, when you're coming off of ecstasy, that terrible, dire feeling when the... But, it, but the, then getting back to a more religious perspective is you can live in faith of love, right? And that that you have faith that love exists that you trans that you that you kind of migrate in and out of it. You don't have to fear mm. that it will not return as you realize it's leaving. Yeah, or well, or is, isn't wouldn't a better way of looking at it? You, you can be attached to a person, but you shouldn't be attached to love. Well, or you could. So I think being attached to a person quite often can can be a form of aggression because and, and, and control control, yeah. control. control yeah. so why are you attached to the person you're attached to the person quite often if it in a relationship or any whatever the relationship is you generally an intimate relationship you've allowed yourself to think the person is that which dispenses love into your life so you've turned this person into a kind of dope dealer <laughs> dispensing love that's a good way of putting it. yeah that's what it is and so that so you get really hung up and you you start getting really afraid that your supply is going to go away and that's when you're in the cell phone looking now at texts and, my language. yeah that's i it. know about suppliers going away <laughs> that's it that's, that's so, a very worrisome but, thing and that's attachment and that's uh, attachment that is the do you think that's what your son's experiencing when he's attached to you no. They're, oh, they're, well, wait a minute. No, but uh, what? Well, wait a minute. I thought that we just decided what attachment was. No, I'm was. saying that the, this is all from people's perspective, adults' perspective who are seeking. Okay, so we're not talking, talking about attachment, the biological system that no, the lets neuro- the duckling follow the mom or no, the, you know, the attachment I, No, I know what you mean. You're like, talking about love, romantic love is what you're, you're talking about. You're talking about intimate, about. intimate attachment. Or, or not, that it's, it's attachment to, uh, you know, I got, I got this email from a friend of mine who's, who's having some problems because uh, he's taking care of his parents. His mom got really sick. Now he's taking care of his mom. And 90% of the day is spent taking care of his mom. And it's a very, very stressful place to get into. Mm-hmm. But part of the stress is for him was coming from his perception that this is going to last forever. I'm going to be taking care of my mom for forever. Right. And, and so that's the other way attachment works is some situation emerges into your life. You get sick, you're out of money, your business isn't doing so well. And you begin to think this is going to last forever. Mm -hmm. It's never going to get better. And this is attachment too. And this is why the word for attachment, uh, is translated, not just to attachment to clinging, clinging so it's a clinginess so, so that i know where you're going with it so my thing is i'm everything and nothing right so i i went for five years with buddhism i was this, raised this all sound, what's the psychiatrist that uh, was in the concentration camp the jewish oh, this is Volka, victor Frankl. 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 it sounds yeah, like Frankl. yeah the man search for meaning yeah yeah so Are we all agree so, that's Frankl stuff right well that is you're talking about logos therapy i think is what he called well, it yeah well, he had some weird yeah, ideas but he, but, but he experienced weird. of like Everything you know, you can tolerate anything. Everything passes, right? Well, yeah. that this is yeah, and that is that is, and you can become anything. That's what he was saying. That in the concentration camp, you have no idea of who you could become in order to survive. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So he became the person who picks who who's sick and who who should go and who stays. It's kind of, I don't think it's something you ever get over. Yeah, right. But how could you? Through. How could you? So, so what I'm saying is. You take in all this information, like we go to school. It's like spiritual school. Yes. And then you 
integrate and make something make sense to you and it only needs to make sense to you yes that's what i've done that's for sure and so it mine i learned a lot of things from buddhism a lot of things from catholicism once you're free of things you can like really be so here's the thing before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment chop wood carry yes. water we don't know about chopping wood and carrying water in the society of how important it is mm. oh, to absolutely. do your job well, to raise your children Being well, in the moment. to do excellently, to be in the moment. Yes. That sort of thing, whether it's AA or Buddhism or Catholicism, it gets all of those things get too caught up in dogma. Mm. And I just want to be free okay. and chop wood, carry water. Love it. You know, and mostly focus on children because I have to deal with adult drug addicts and they're so difficult. Yeah. So I've, I've been well, it's able all, to But so much of that, so much of what you're seeing in those adults is because of childhood injuries. Poor childhood. Yeah. So I just mostly focus on children in the last five, ten, six years. Child issues. I don't, I don't fundraise for drug programs anymore. Right. No kid hungry. Uh, children's music school things that involve children because i do believe we can influence children in a positive way even if their parents are fucked up yeah i, I would hope so that's really cool so that's what you do that's you're what I do. you that's great but man. i like to come on with the anti-religion thing <laughs> sure it's fun <laughs> well now wait Why let me not? do a quick thing let me take a quick break and we get back i want to duncan takes this to another level i want you get into okay I'd like to introduce you all to our latest sponsor. It is the Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. They're in Montana. And if you've been listening to anything that Bob and I have been talking about over the years, you know that we're very particular about an addiction treatment. We don't uh, take recommendations lightly, so we've looked into these guys pretty carefully. And the Rocky Mountain Treatment Center happens to be one uh, I am able to recommend, and I'm happy to do so. They focus on individualized treatment of the patients, uh, including their entire well-being based on a biopsychosocial model. This is what Bob and I have done for years and years. Uh, they don't just look at addiction. They look at the psychiatric issues, the psychological issues, the trauma issues, all aspects of the physical and mental health. And of course, you've uh, heard me stress the importance of this uh, for long-term success. There's staying sober, but there's what I call real recovery, which is dealing with all the risk factors that set people up for bad addiction. They're in Great Falls, Montana. It's a 26-bed facility surrounded by amazing Montana landscape. Patients can have a range of recreational therapies, including equine therapy. For more information on Rocky Mountain Treatment Center, click on their banner on the thislifepodcast.com website or at drdo.com or visit their site at rocky.rehab. That is simply R-O-C-K-Y dot rehab. All right, welcome back. This this life and uh, Bobby, see why I love Duncan so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First fell in love with Duncan when he, I saw him drink a bottle of absinthe and a bottle of vodka, or something like that, and and tell the history of Tesla. Drunk history. Drunk history, and then oh. had it acted out by uh, wow. Philip Seymour. Uh, 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 Crispin Glover and, and uh, JC. No, uh, gosh, I can't believe I can't remember. He lives his name. in this town too. This guy. He's so John C. Riley. John C. Riley, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. About Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. An amazing, amazing story. man. Yeah, amazing. Story. Amazing. It's strange that my son just told me he had sort of a weird kind of insight. He's a mathematician. He had some weird insight sort of during meditation, very similar to Tesla seeing the alternating. Your current. son did. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. And uh, anyway, nice. so. You were Dunk also on Drunk History with him. Yes, with and then and then I did Drunk History, and unbeknownst to me, the episode I was on, Duncan's Drunk History episode. That's right, Lemley. About, about Tesla and Lemley. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Edison and Lemley. Yep. And uh, it was good. It was really good. 
Yeah, yeah. man. I, I wish I could say who I get to do the next one. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh I can't talk about it, though. I get, you, would you tell Derek, please, that I would actually like to act on it, whatever yes. it is? Yes. Okay. You, you'd be perfect for please it. Please tell him. Please okay, tell cool. him. I'm in. I'll tell him. I, I, I love that. My the, favorite the, quote was when you called him a greedy reptilian shitbag. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and those words are coming out of my mouth. I posted and it then, all and then Were you, you go, drunk? No, 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 I'm acting his words. Yeah, you, oh, you have to okay. see drunk history. He tells the story, and then we act it out. They get you hammered. They've got a nurse. Yeah, there. no, I've seen oh. it. It seems yeah. like somebody gets and he goes, really uh, drunk. He goes, "You can't be in control of all the films." Made in the world, you cunt! <laughs> and so I'm screaming, "You cunt!" Because Edison was trying to control. <laughs> and, and, and during you saw it, we we had the premiere of this season, and they have me yelling, "You cunt!" It was great. <laughs> so, it was one. It's so cool to see that too, man. I'm so happy they did that to see my weird voice coming out of your mouth. It's hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it was hey, we became friends. I've done his podcast a few times. He very kindly asked us to do his. He has sort of a stand up uh, podcast and and stand up. Any dates coming up? Yeah, I've got a huge tour coming up. Uh, next, website next year. It's going to be on the website, DuncanTrussell.com. Okay. See Duncan Trussell's comedy. It's as you as you you get the sense. It's smart comedy, right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, now, but Duncan does does this thing where he takes it to a whole other level. All this stuff with the hallucinogens and the, you know, and the he said something to me to made a little sense about hallucinogens. We were sort of back and forth about this, and obviously, I just worry about people hurting themselves with these things. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I'll tell you the one thing that I, the way I think of it, correct me if I'm misspeaking here, is that it's like taking an elevator to a top level. The doors open up. You get to see these marvelous things. And then when that chemical wears off, the drugs, the, the doors close and you go back down. Yes. So, yeah. This is, yeah. that, those, those, that, the, that is actually, that was what out Dick Alpert, Ramdas, that was his big problem is they were, they were taking massive doses of LSD, like horrifying doses of LSD. With that, Leary. With Leary. And they were, they, they to the point... Who Drew's going to freak out. Leary was a friend of mine. Wow, well, awesome. I, hey, <laughs> I saw him later in life, and he couldn't figure out how to put a pair of headphones Terrible in his alcohol. head. Terrible well, alcohol. Well, whatever, alcohol, it, all, whatever it all was, it had damaged his brain well, by the well, time I saw him. Well, this is, so this is, you know, and, and those two kind of, uh, there's a great... A new documentary about Ram Dass and Tim Leary called "Dying to Know," which sort of shows their strange and they relationship. Lived in the house yes, and, Millbrook. And, yeah, yeah. But but you know they took two different paths, mm. and Alpert got Timothy to the. loved fame. That's what he loved. Yeah, I mean, and what an easy thing to love too. You know. <laughs> By the way, who don't you know, Bob Forrest? <laughs> I know it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life one night at his house. Don't even ask. <laughs> but you're not the first person to say that. First of all. You're going to leave it at that? You don't expect me to want well, to know what the hell you're talking about? Well, he lived Drive. That's why I wanted to go there. He lived right above the Manson house. And oh. I'm kind of obsessed with Manson a little bit. Oh. So um, everybody's wanted to go over there. And I just felt like, oh, it's a bunch of celebrity ass kissing bullshit. But then one night, a friend of mine was freaking out, had taken some of his drugs, which he thought was cocaine. And it was white powdered Mescaline. MDMA. Mescaline, really. And... This friend of mine, who's a very famous musician, was losing his mind. So I went over there and for five hours around Tim's house, like walking my friend around, going to the backyard and like. And was Tim there? Yeah, he was there. Did he know what to do? He was not really. You know, He'd give a he shit. Was kind of. It was late at night. Oh, <laughs> he was conked out. He didn't give a shit. And so, but but the sense I always got about Timothy was he loved fame. He loved famous people. He's very very much like a like a madman type guy. Not like a spiritual guy like Ram Dass, more like a salesman type guy. Yeah. 
I don't know. He was a he he was a brilliant guy, and yes. you know, and, and, he invented and, group therapy. He told me, which he, well, I think is true. One of my favorite stories. One of my favorite him. stories about him uh, when he was in on trial, uh, and this is before he got locked up. But he, he actually escaped from prison. Uh, that they got him to they got, he got them to put him in a minimum security prison, and the way he did that is the test that they administered to figure out what prison to put him in. He created he the test. It. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so he was able to like he knew the test, it. knew exactly the right answers to give to get well, no prison. He was he a lot of those from. Wexel, all the all the personality inventories and stuff. He was at very, Harvard. Was he at Stanford? Harvard? Yeah, Stanford. Harvard. Harvard. Well, Harvard. Yeah. So, but but getting to that whole gang of people, what they did was because I love the history of drugs and yeah. I I love drugs and I love it all the stories and whatever. Set and setting is very important to a hallucinogenic yes. experience. And they didn't emphasize enough personal responsibility of set and setting right off the bat. So Kesey then goes nuts and gives it to anybody he can fuck or no, no you know, uh, Neil Cassidy. They just went around wanting to meet young girls. I mean, that's what the Kesey, uh, 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 Kesey, yeah. Who's that? That the one Kool Aid acid oh, test, yeah. the electric Kool Aid acid yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. That was really about free love and sex and the hedonism that comes on yeah. later. So it goes from Millbrook to that, like in a matter of like four years. Well, these were two. The the that's, so now by the time that gets to the masses, they don't know you're supposed to be like in a real special place. This is with the, loving people around you, right? You well, these two. So you're talking about these two, the, basically these two tribes. The evolution of of LSD yeah. in America, right, but right. The, the, the the you're you're the, sort of bringing these two tribes together. You had you had Alpert and Leary, which are these kinds of sophisticated Ivy League. Uh, doctors who are uh, taking well, somebody had to give the chemical you know who gave it, to the public you know who gave it <laughs> it was the government the government gave it to Kesey Kesey's first introduction to LSD was through the uh, I've, I've heard that yeah so that's key, that's how I got but into but he, he couldn't have figured out what the compounds are of how to make it and mass produce it well Kesey the the Kesey and the the further the bus Neil Cassidy, Neil driving. Cassidy, seemingly very annoying. If you watch a documentary, he seems like the most annoying man on earth. But this is sociopath. There's a <laughs> yeah. He seems just a just like kind of like a a, a stammering, annoying guy who got. You kind know of, about this? It's no, it's worry. Dean Moriarty from On the Road okay. was the driver of the bus the, the, where they went around the Merry Pranksters and gave LSD to people, right. telling them really not very good information about what but that's the power not the, of it was. That's not the Leary camp. That was a different no, camp. No, I know. But, okay. but but I'm saying Leary was the one that took Did it out of Harvard and goes to Millbrook and, and lives in that house right. with a bunch of girls and a bunch of crazy stuff. But it was intellectual... Right, kind of a uh, chain of command. Yeah, that's that right. House. That's right. Did that's you, then yeah. it goes Did you to go? San Francisco with Kesey and Neil Cassidy, and there's no chain of command. Right. It's just chaos, and that's <laughs> what then gets introduced. LSD gets introduced in the public consciousness on a mass way. Just take it. You're gonna love it. Right. You know what I mean? The, the Beatles so were have, sort of behind that same idea too. Remember? Uh, yeah, I they think they they met Beatles. Leary though in '66. I think '65 probably. But you know, Le Leary and and Alpert and I can't remember. Metzner, Hamilton. Metzner wrote a book called *The Psychedelic Experience*, which was. 
based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's like one if you if you anyone listening is going to take a psychedelic for the first time, check out that book because it has a very the, the Tibetan book or the other one. It's based they so they've converted the dying process detailed in the Tibetan Book of the Dead into something that applies to a trip. And by the way, there's some I, I sent you that New Yorker article. I don't know if you ever got the it. The one about psilocybin and the guy dying. In, in the dying process that there's they're finding clinically oh, yeah. some very useful very useful uh, oh yeah no, you no, know, no, no. that it makes was... people more accepting of the dying process which is wild yeah that was important. the ecstasy thing right no it's it was, i think it was still aside might have been well LSD. they're giving they're this is they're giving ecstasy too yeah that's for ptsd which is ugh, a little scarier but this stuff hey you're dying anyway and this is helping people what well i think hell? it's helping people overcome the massive amount of anxiety that comes from knowing that you're going to die and the yep. fear associated with it uh that's what it seems we to all be. know we're going to die no but somebody with, with terminal like cancer no, i think no, no, it's no. something about having a, a an actual date that, or, you know <laughs> we've you, actually both been through cancer so we literally yeah. like had our face to the mirror a little bit with you know what thing. yeah it's it's it's, it's quite anxiety provoking yeah. remember when magic johnson said i'm going to beat this yeah. and how we all thought like what a delusional motherfucker yeah yeah, yeah. Well, Look what happened. Yeah, but that was There's the something right about time. the mind. No, no, no that was timing. The, timing. timing. There was nothing timing. about his positive Dude. attitude. Timing. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> That's a doctor for you. Well, they I, don't want to hear that hippie shit. If man. he thought he was going to die and it was a death sentence, you don't, I don't know that he. You know what I mean? You got to have medicine meet spirit somehow. I'm a big, I agree with you there, uh, man. I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm You're not, not a, a spirit guy. No, I am, but I. But I'm. Also a biologist, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, this is AIDS we're talking about. <laughs> like, but I have people he, that he were diagnosed right. before 91 when he was that are still alive. They lived those five years up until the antiviral revolution. Which is, but for the grace of God. I mean, if you want to get spiritual, that's the spiritual thing is why hmm. did the, how, you know, what was that? Why did they, certain viruses behave differently in different people's systems. Right. That's crazy. So. There's people that have, I've known that have had... HIV or AIDS or whatever you want to call it since it was called ARC wow. in like 84. Nuts. That AIDS, still AIDS related complex. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. And, just, yeah. and the, I hate to say it, Drew, this is going to sound crazy. They're all very much like Magic Johnson personalities. Like I'm going to fucking do whatever it takes to survive this. And the, there was other friends of mine they're that got it. like thought of it as a death <laughs> Are they alcoholics? Yeah. Well, 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 the one I'm thinking of is, well, yeah. You know they're good survivors. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. I mean, they're hardy. They're they're yeah. They're made up a certain way. That's fascinating. Yeah. You have such an interesting respect for alcoholics. I think that, and for drug addicts. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's why you're so good at treating them. And I, you do too. I can tell. There's something so sweet about that. And I think a lot of people they think that you have a kind of you're like the, uh, a nemesis of the addict or something. I've never seen yeah. more of someone who's more of an ally, yeah. someone who understands the psyche. So it's so interesting. Yeah, people think I'm, an, I'm the narc dude. I'm yeah, like, don't that's do it. it. You're the opposite of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Bad, I think bad. that's one of the great confusions about you is that you're, you're somehow against it. You, yeah. you, you have such a deep compassion. You like, you're the most compassionate person I've ever met when it comes to people who are caught in that terrible tar pit. Yeah, and I'm sure you are too. I just, we've no, never had I, a conversation. I, I know. Well, that's that's why why I don't care. I've never <laughs> met somebody who knew, knew so much who also felt like I felt about right. addicts and about these subjects and about life, really. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, 
you know, alcoholics are the most interesting people, to tell you the truth. Right. From yeah. Alexander the Great on down to Churchill. Yeah. To Jimi Hendrix, to, you know, John Lennon, whoever you want to say, to Ram Dass, to... Was Ram Dass an alcoholic? Uh, I don't think he was an alcoholic. <laughs> well, Alan Watts was for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think he was, I, and I don't think he had any like was trying to hide that either. <laughs> you Alan, know who Alan Watson. No. Oh uh. my god. Oh my god. The guy. He, <laughs> but he, he did was it. really a great writer. He, he wrote was. a book about attachment called the 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 something of selfishness or what was oh, it? Oh gosh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was too. a really good book. Like he, he's got a. He was a great lecturer, and what he but did. He was shit faced drunk a lot of the time. What he did that was brilliant. Uh, he avoided the guru route because he was someone who who was a, just a incredible uh, lecturer, and he so he would you know, he and you can go on YouTube and find all kinds of Alan Watts lectures. He talks about Taoism, Zen, Confucianism, but uh, he got out of the guru trip by saying that he was a spiritual entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> so what that meant is he could drink up there. Interestingly enough, you know another <laughs> very famous alcoholic. Uh, guru is Chogyam Trumpa, who you should check him out. He's got a great documentary on Netflix called Crazy Wisdom. He was a apostate Tibetan Buddhist who has written one of the great books on Tibetan Buddhism called uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which actually I think you would like a lot. Yeah. And uh, in in um, but he was a he would drink. He would. What was drink. the guy that moved to Santa Barbara that begins with a K? Long name. Who who disavowed being a guru? I don't wrote know. a bunch of books. He lived in Santa Barbara. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I read some of his stuff, and then, um, you know, the Yogananda himself says one of the greatest things in the Diary of a Yogi. It's documented, where he does the American. He's he's told in a vision to go teach meditation to America. Yes. Right. And he comes here, and nobody really wants to hear it. Right. So then at the end of the tour, I think in Boston or something, he tells his followers, reschedule another event in, a, in Los Angeles and charge $3. <laughs> and they're all like doubting their That's guru so now. Like, dude, are you fucking kidding? Nobody's coming to this. We got to go back home. You're right. To India. Smart. These people are fucking stupid. Yeah. You can see all the contempt the monks had or the followers yeah. had, right? And they're like... And then he comes to Los Angeles, does another one for $3 when it was free the first time and nobody came and it's packed. And all the followers are like, Master, how did you know that? And he's like, I studied the people and I, I realized they, they don't value anything they don't pay for. Yeah, isn't that wild? What a great analysis. What a great, astute kind of uh, uh, perception of America. Yeah, for sure. And that's why religion has to have a price tag on it. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't. I'm just saying, at a certain point, I couldn't buy into it. Right. Because of so much focus towards abundance, whether it's the secret and their abundance, abundance. and God wants you to have a Cadillac. But you know, this is the, uh, this is the, uh, this is going to seem like a weird kind of non sequitur, but it isn't. So have you heard Ryan Adams' remake of Taylor Swift's? No, but I want to get it. Oh my Christ. <laughs> it's so good. It's so well, his good. His version of Wonderwall is better than Oasis. Oh, wait till you hear it. You got to listen to it because you know this is something where, you know the the Taylor Swift. I'm not 
musically adept enough <laughs> or spiritually adept enough to do what a lot of smart people do where they they can find in music in Taylor Swift the lyric the, beauty, yeah, beauty right yeah. so and that's what Ryan Adams has demonstrated in this incredible alchemical feat he's taken this thing which is just like uh you know the, being consumed by 14 year old girls who are shrieking over it that if you hear it it just sounds really to me I, I just don't like it I don't like the manipulative quality of the music the way it sticks in your head but then he takes it brings out the essence of the lyrics which in in a few of the songs is a very deep what's he from right deep sadness Ryan was in whiskey town okay he's amazing i've heard about this but but it's incredible he did a cover of the entire album have you seen his documentary bob and the monster no i, I have not know. he was in a famous rock band in the 80s Oh wow! Thelonious really? monster. Oh wow! Cool. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, which did, I just know, learned on the internet with the death of Lemmy Kilmaster, one of my heroes. Thirty years ago this month, Thelonious Monster opened for Motorhead at the at the Olympic Auditorium. Oh wow! wow. Thirty years on wow. December seventh, nineteen eighty five. Wow. That's how old I am. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lemmy's dead, and I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with you and Doctor Drew. Wow. <laughs> Here, here's a, here's my point though, uh, is that what Ryan Adams he can did extract the beauty yes. out of it. So and and I think that and religion can you do that? I you think can you can. That. Yes, you do that. Can. And 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 so and so you can go into any. You know, I had this right this professor when I was that really like was, was an amazing guy, Sam Scoville at this little liberal arts school I went to. Where. Uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, oh, right. Warren Wilson College. Oh, I love Asheville. Beautiful that place down the gully where all the thrift stores are. It's amazing. So beautiful. Lexington yeah. Avenue is what you're thinking. Yeah, but it's he so great. he um one of the things he would say is that he could listen to fundamentalist Christian radio and extract wisdom from it and throw the rest away. Yeah, and that if that the the modality you want to get into, not just with religion, not just with music, but with all things, is to become a kind of phenomenological filter so that what you're doing is you're taking phenomena the phenomena that doesn't appeal to you or is clearly skewed or wrong throw it away but that find inside of it you'll find these veins of gold see the reason why i was i was kind of doing that broad stroke of religion is because the 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 christian nation america is now focusing on what they don't like about yeah. the the Quran, yeah, and now they're going to demonize a religion, yes, and yes. it's not just Donald Trump; it's ruminating yeah. and and really clicking with millions of Americans. I got to tell you, I did something a they know show. nothing Listen, about. I did a television show; they had an audience full of Muslim, and I just had, call, had them come down and tell me their concerns and what it's like. They're all like professionals and smart yeah, and yeah, rich, yeah. And the, same as everybody else, same as everybody else, and uh, our show. That hashtags for viewers. I mean, it was like nobody when it was interested. Wow. And to me, it was a deeply moving experience. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah people. There's something weird is going on in this society. So I just like to say broad strokes. Isn't sure. The Christians marched from Europe to Jerusalem and killed anyone who didn't accept Christ. Yeah. That was, you know, that. that. It's 1,500 years ago, to be fair. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago, man. <laughs> Yeah, hey, religion is religion is religion. Yeah, whatever century you uh, want to yeah. pick it out of, and we got some wacky shit going on. But here's my thing: all this focus on San Bernardino, and I know that when you're spiritual, you have to look at the the world that we live in, right? Yeah. So fourteen kids, another hundred kids have gotten murdered in Chicago in the time we've been talking about that. 
and the president of the United States is from Chicago, and he's yeah. never gone there one time. Oh, wow. And the mayor of Chicago is the guy who got the president Obama in office, one of the most ruthless politicians right. in the Rahm world. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel, right? Shouldn't we be equally distraught as a society about what's going on in Chicago as oh, we are about what yes. happened in San Bernardino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you look at the Google clicks. Well, the Google it, it, clicks I, are 10 million no, anti-Muslims to right. the one. The problem, Bob, is somebody has stood up again, we're coming for you, we're organizing, and we're going to get you. The boogeyman's coming. And, and that's, <laughs> right. the, that's the part that gets right. up. You're like, well, hold right. on a second right. here. Yeah, the, as opposed to, yeah, it's a disaster in Chicago. It's horrible. we got to do something about that as opposed to, Who's coming? Are they going to bomb? Are they uh, going to go to my house? I go, huh? And look how they dress. Yeah. They wear like they wear like like Mexican I, wrestler outfits. This. So I I had to fly three days after nine eleven, and they had you meet in lot C, and then you had to take a bus into the airport. Wow. Remember that? Yeah. The first weeks after nine wow. eleven. And on this thing, and I'm pretty spiritually, uh, you know, knowledgeable. And there's these Sikhs on there, right? And this whole oh, lady goes, no. "Have they been checked? Have <laughs> they been oh. checked?" And these poor fucking Sikhs are yeah. like, Jeez, "We're not Muslim." Oh, poor <laughs> wow. Sikhs have got it rough right now. I know. They, they do. do. <laughs> poor Sikhs. I know. They got it rough. Imagine if they dress like you know, like uh, with pockets on the sides and the socks like the oh. Christians. Well, I'm gonna bring you back to the hallucinogen <laughs> thing, is because Duncan has some really interesting. I Ideas about hallucinogens versus should they be used, not used? And I, I just they should be we... used. Okay, they should be used. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, and I think that. that but I, uh, it's, it's they should be used responsibly, and they should be used. See, you know, the, the theoretically, question, the problem you're having is a small minority of the society now are seekers. Yes, all the rest of the society are followers. They don't really want to know what hallucinogens can open you up to. Right. They don't. I don't but, think they but, can but, handle it. But how do how do we navigate this? Because it's not good for you. I'm not taking it. I, I already I know. can experience it sober. Huh? I can experience it sober. Right, but it's not good for you and your brain. Oh, any individual? No, you. Well, any of it. That's my concern. Is any of it? But you, no bueno. I've already experienced it, and now I've experienced it without anything. Which is really strange. You know, this. I was just watching an uh, interview with Lemmy last night to like because uh, he died and I wanted to. He took a lot of acid because he was in hot wind. And one of the things he said about acid specifically, he said, "I got tired of seeing the same movie." And with LSD and many most hallucinogens, uh, and this you 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 sort of get the download, and once you've gotten the download, you get all this information. And then you need to apply that information to your life. And this is the famous Alan Watts quote. Once you get the message, hang up the phone. You don't have to keep going back. But because people are, as you were saying earlier before we started recording, because many people have as their main goal not connecting to the present moment, but as much as possible shielding themselves from feeling anything, a lot of times people begin to use any substance, whatever it is, hallucinogens, cocaine, heroin, you name it, is a form of uh, shielding themselves from feeling, you know. Yes. And that happens with everything. Yes. Not just, and not even, I mean, especially with phones yep. too. All Holy that. God, phones. Process addiction. My, yeah, yeah, exact process addiction. I've never yeah. heard that before, but that's awesome. Mm. So yeah, so I think that the key with hallucinogens, uh, plant medicines, whatever the thing is, is just understand that it's not enough to just read the book. 
and I think it is a form of book. I think these. I think it's a form of of, of data storage in these in these substances. And see, that's not how most people are taking it nowadays. I think they're oh, taking absolutely. it. They're taking it to get high. They're taking it. No, that's, they're taking it to fix themselves. Yeah, right. Like, but, but I take something. I. It's going to fix me. Same as people take heroin nowadays. Same as people take benzos. Yeah, it fixes me rather guys, than me I, start to experience interfere. it out. We're actually running out of time. Shit. Right. I know. We'll, we'll do another one. Great. Time. Yeah. No, Just see, getting you see, going here. You understand? But let me tell you my natural LSD story. Hold on. I, I've, you, you wrap, though, around these ideas some religious ideas. Sure. So I'll let you finish with that. Because Bob started with fuck all religion. I'm going to let you finish with how does religion well, help with reading the book well okay I, okay i'm gonna say well, it's religion again is a broad term yeah yeah but i'm gonna say what is what a, what a all what a many religions have at their core and many religions at their core have the concept that you can in some form or another cultivate love inside of you and that this love is not dependent on any external phenomena and that the delusion that this love is dependent on external phenomena is what is causing so much suffering maybe in your life but also in the world and so plant medicines, psychedelics uh, can help you get underneath the great callus that you've built around the part of yourself that used to feel and realize that underneath the frozen ground of your heart. Back to Disney films. There's again. still love down there. And yeah. <laughs> and that once you connect to that and realize that underneath it all, that thing that you had when you were a kid. Uh, and which is what Albert Hoffman, when he when he talked about the first time he took a small dose of LSD before his massive dose let made legendary on a uh, if you look at Bicycle Day you'll know what I'm talking about. He said it made him feel like he was a, a kid playing in the woods again. Yep. And so that thing, that thing, and many people report this as feeling like a kid is actually a feeling of being supported by a loving universe. And that is to me the point of anything at all, including all world religions, any psychedelic, anything at all. And I think that, uh, so uh, that is that is the X on the treasure map. And how, whatever gets you to that point is a wonderful thing. But you have to be a good scientist and look at the data. And if it's no longer getting you to that point, if it's not getting you to that point anymore, well, then it's outlived its use. And it's time to find some method that you that isn't dependent on a substance, which is where meditation comes in, finding a good meditation group, finding it some bona fide non materialistic service and be service. of service to your community. Yes. Here's my experiences. Uh, you know what uh, walking with mindfulness is, right? Very slowly and sure, putting yes. your feet on the ground. What I found spiritually pompous about that is that people only do that around other people huh. at retreats. Sure, sure, sure. Right? And so I did it one night. And Joshua Tree at my house, and I just started, but I wasn't make. I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was feeling my feet on the earth, yeah. on the ground, yeah. And I was, and I walked outside, and I looked up at the stars, and I had a hallucinogenic experience that made me feel safe, a lack of fear, a lack of death, yeah. all those things. Sober, Drew. That's it. But flashback. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Not a flashback. Or, or we're getting a cat scan. <laughs> no, or no. Carlos Castaneda was. Well, he walked in his shoes that day. We're but getting a cat scan. You know what there was? A lack of technology. Yeah. Because I had no Wi-Fi. I had right. no cable TV. I was well, in the middle of like the desert. You were, you were no deprivation. Reception, you were and I was not around people. Yeah. 
for a couple right. of days, and I really felt like the life is okay. Yeah, life man, is beautiful. That's it. You don't need these. This is this is the thing. A younger me, if it hurt, if you he, know how many stars are up in the fucking sky. No, I don't. It's amazing. <laughs> That's a lot, man. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we will do this again. People like Great. it. Write in. Where's they write in, Susan? Is there a place to write in if they have further questions or topics they want this? Doctor.com. I got to go to Malibu. What is it? It's a long Contact drive. Contact And uh, see, I knew you guys would. What do a it. blast, I knew it'd be man. Great yeah. chatting with I you. I knew it would be great. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, you can wrap it up. We're going to go. I'm going to Malibu. Drew's going. What are you going to eat dinner? Dinner, yeah. Okay. We're out of here. See you next time. Lost in a tropic way Seized with every motion as you slowly lose your clothes Wanting you every way Perfection of Mexico What can I do for you Erase all of your burdens so we never have to go The sea a seductive blue Only she can reach us on the beaches of Mexico Oh